have the schedule of the chapters that we'll be covering out there on the Welcome Center in the foyer. Because what we encourage you to do, we want you all to come on Wednesday night, but if you know you're coming on Wednesday night, pick one of those up and read and, and be prepared uh, maybe to ask questions or just have the background of the, of the chapters that's being taught. So that's sitting on top of the um, Welcome Center in the foyer. And also, this is, a, this is very important. I ask that you uh, put this in your calendars. Is next Sunday, right after the service, we're going to have a very short business meeting. We're going to be talking about we're going to be, uh, we've gotten some quotes to purchase some new air conditioners for the sanctuary. It has to become before the church body because of the amount. So if you're a member here, and even if you're a regular tender and giver here, we want you to stay. We've been very open with our finances, but only members can vote. And I say that only because we, we're, several have expressed an interest in membership. We're going to get a class together soon, but we all want everyone's welcome to stay, but only the members can vote, and we'll be giving some information out about, how, uh, about the bids and the cost of that. On May 22nd, next Sunday also, uh, at 1230, there is a, a single ladies luncheon at the Loop at 116 Broad Street. And then also June the 5th, right after the service, we're going to have a spring picnic at the shelter at the park down here at the end of Coal Mill Road. We've done that before. We hadn't been able to do that for the last couple of years because of COVID. It's just nice to be able to get back together again. You know, on Sunday mornings and even on Wednesday night, we don't get to socialize much. You know, we come in and we have five or ten minutes, but we've got a shelter reserved, and we, we hope that you'll plan to come and be a part of that, and let's just reconnect and, and get, uh, build our relationships back after, after COVID. God bless you. So good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. Thank you for coming. I believe we have some folks from the West Coast, if I'm not mistaken. And we thank you for being here. All of our guests and you that come regularly and support this church, thank you so very much. I don't guess there's anyone that's contributed to writing music and pro providing us with some wonderful songs in the last many, many years any more than William Bill Gaither. He and his wife, she has contributed to many of the songs and uh, has touched a lot of people's lives. Bill and Gloria were married in 1962. And uh, they wrote this song one year later. It is an amazing song. It is, has been sung by hundreds and hundreds of people. The interesting thing about this song is that the first verse talks about a person before they're saved. The second verse talks about a person after they've been saved. It starts off shackled by a heavy burden. Beneath, there are a lot of people in our society today they're shackled by all kind of bondages. Beneath the load of guilt. And they carry that heavy, heavy, heavy burden of guilt. Day and night. They never get away from it. It's with them. No matter if they're at Disney World. No matter if they're at work. There is that constant heavy laden because of sin. And so when he wrote this song, he, he described how man is before he meets Jesus Christ. And he took his pen and he said it this way. Shake! by a heavy burden 
beneath the load of guilt and sin. Then the hand of Jesus touched me. I'm never anymore the same. You know it. Sing it with me. He touched me. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And oh, oh, the joy, the joy, the joy that fills my soul. Something happened and I know he touched me and made. Down in Sampson County, my mother would take us to Mount Vernon Baptist Church. You may be seated. Mount Vernon Baptist Church. I remember going to that church. I'd run and frolic and play. And I learned some things. We had VBS, Vacation Bible School. And then when I turned nine years old, mom took me downtown to a little church called Butler Hill. It was a Pentecostal Free Will Baptist Church. I don't know if some of you remember this name or not, but most of you won't. But I remember it very well because my mother was saved under his ministry, Reuben Jones. It was at a tent outside of Clinton, North Carolina, between Faison and Clinton. And there my mother, even though we'd been going to church, she was not a believer, but she became a believer under that tent. Well, Reuben Jones pastored the church in Clinton. It was called Butler Hill. Butler Hill. I was nine years old. I wasn't saved. I knew I wasn't saved. I don't think there's any question if you... Somehow I just think we know we're saved or we're not saved. But I'm here to tell you this morning, if you're not saved today, you can be. You can be. And there were two ladies, two ladies that were preaching revival at that Butler Hill Church. I'll never forget it. Never forget it. When they finished that sermon, I felt like the nine years old. I felt like the worst person in the world. I responded to the altar call quickly. Quickly. And that's the important thing, folks. That's the important thing that you respond. God has so much for us. It's a gift. It's a wonderful gift. But as long as we're stubborn, prideful, and we say no. You see, God to me at that time was here. Oh, I learned about it, I studied. But I had a mental consent to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. But that night, I went I think I ran. People used to run to the altar. I went to the altar and I wept like a baby. And this is a saying that we had. I poured my heart out to Jesus. I rose from that altar a believer. I've never been the same again. 
for he touched me. Oh, Jesus touched me. Sing it out with me. Come on. And oh, the joy. Sing it. Something happened. Happened. That's something. I told you there was a difference between the first verse and the second verse. The second verse is talking about the person, the individual that has accepted Jesus Christ. If you've never allowed that burden, that guilt, that heaviness, that sin to be washed away, you can. Our, uh, our vision statement in this church is transforming lives through Christ. You'll see it out over the Welcome Center, brother. Uh, brother Michael and Shavalom got together and put it up. Also between the bathrooms. You see some statements that's very important to this. Transforming lives through Christ. The only way that you can be transformed, changed, changed, is through and by the grace and the blood and the Spirit of God. Since I met this blessed Blessed Savior, since He cleansed and made me sing it out, you know it. I never cease to praise Him. I'm going to shout it out. You're singing so pretty. Would you stand one more time? Everyone that sing that chorus. He touched me. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And all the joy that floods my soul. Something won't ever happen, and now I know He touched me and He made me. You may be seated. Thank you. Wow. What singers. And the thing about that song this morning is you sung it, you were singing it from your heart. It means something. It's more than just words. If you do not have an outline of the sermon, I hope you'll get one. Brother Chip will make sure you have one because it's important. Brother Neil, and it's important. I want you to follow along with me as I share with you on the symbols of the Holy Spirit. The symbols of the Holy Spirit. Some of the most important writings in the world. Some of the most important writings in the Bible was written by a man by the name of Moses. First five books of the Old Testament. 
And he was moved on by the Holy Spirit. He didn't know all of this. But he was moved on by the Holy Spirit. And you can make sure and know sure that what he wrote down is true. Because he was inspired by God's Holy Spirit. Read with me Genesis chapter 1. Verse 1 and verse 2. In the beginning, God. Can I say it again? You say, Brother Don, I, I don't know if I believe in creation or not. I, I kind of have a little leaning towards evolution. Well, let me put your mind at ease. Because it was... In the beginning, this is before everything. God, Elohim, created by forming from nothing. You say, God, can God change my life? Can, can he bless my home? Can he help me with my job? Can he deal with my physical needs? If he can speak the word, and the sun appears. The moon appears. The universe as a whole appears. He can sure touch your and my life and change us. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, or a waste and emptiness, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Ocean that covered the unformed earth, and the Spirit of God was moving. Say moving. We believe in the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Each one are personal. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All three of the Godheads was there. If you read further down, you'll find it out. Was there at the creation. The Spirit of God was moving. That word moving means hovering, brooding. As an eagle would brood or hover over her young. The Spirit of God was moving over the face of the earth. Now, there are many symbols of the Holy Spirit. But notice the, please, notice the introduction because it, it explains it so well. Notice what I say. The workings of the Holy Spirit are invisible, are glorious and gentle, and within them he never tells us about himself. That's important. He came to do something very, very specific. He never tells us about himself. He comes, why? Why is the Holy Spirit the third person of the Godhead? Why is he here and why is he in this place today? He comes to glorify Jesus, helping us to see Jesus more, to understand Jesus better, to respond to Jesus more, certainly obediently, and to love Jesus with a deeper heart of commitment. Now, anything that can do that for me concerning Jesus Christ, I want that to be part of my life. And we need the Holy Spirit to be a very, very vital part of our life, not just on Sunday morning, but on Sunday night, Monday, Friday, 
Did we have a Friday the 13th this week? You know he's with you on Friday the 13th? I don't believe in all that, but. And he comes to reveal none other than the Son of God to mankind. So the symbols, now this is an important sentence. It's an important statement. Look at it. So the symbols of the Holy Spirit become essential to our gaining a and uh, understanding of what he's like. Notice the next part. Not only in an objective way of analyzing truth, but also in the subjective way that he comes to penetrate our lives. Jack Hayford. Not just in a subjective way, but also in an objective way. In other words, as I said a while ago, God is not wanting to be a God sitting off somewhere not knowing about you and I, not taking care of you and I, sitting off somewhere not looking after the earth. He is omnipotent. He is omnipotent. Present, you can't get away from God's Spirit. Let me say it again. You can't get away from God's Spirit. You see, it's like the holy hound of heaven. He's after you. If you haven't surrendered your life totally to him, he's after you. If you haven't made Jesus Christ, important statement, if you haven't made Jesus Christ Lord, of your life, he's after you. But he's after you because he loves you. And he's after you, Jesus is, through the Spirit, because he wants to do you good. The Spirit of God was hovering. That word spirit, it means breath, it means wind, and it was saying on the day of creation, God in action. Now, a lot of people serve God like he's, he's sitting somewhere with his arms folded. And he can't in, be involved in their life. But God is a God of action. The role of the Holy Spirit, the heavens and the earth. Everything. My mind can't wrap around the universe. But that's what he did. He spoke it into existence. Can I read you from the psalmist's writing that just... I, I sat and read it. And I read it. Woo! And I read it. It's just that good. I don't know about you, but the Word of God is powerful. It's informative. The Word will change your life. The Word, listen, listen to Psalms 33. By the Word of the Lord, the heavens were made. God didn't scoop out a valley for the ocean and rivers. He didn't take his hands and make those beautiful oak, sycamore, maple, Japanese maple. God, God didn't mold those with his hands. Whew. He spoke the word and it happened. Listen to the psalmist as he continues on. And all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Keep in mind, this word in the Hebrew means breath. It, it, it means uh, spirit. And it certainly is important to us because there was life. 
He gathers the waters of the sea together. I love what Job says. You ever been down to the ocean? Aren't those waves powerful? You try to go out and swim in them or stand in them. They'll knock you over. I mean, can you imagine how powerful those waves are? And Job says, God is the one that told the waves to come thus far and stay right there. That, that just simply makes me rejoice. And then he says, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke this is the simplicity of this verse. He spoke. It was done. It wasn't hard for him. The Bible says on the seventh day he rested. He didn't rest because he was tired. But he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood still. Do we need the air conditions on? Somebody check it, if you will, Brother Michael. He spoke, and it stood still. Now, this word, this word, the Bible that we have today, there's life in the word. There's power in the word. But let me tell you what St. John tells us in John chapter 1, verse 14. And the word became what? That little baby in that crib, in that feed trough, that little baby was the flesh. That was the word and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. How long has it been since we say, oh God, I, I want to recognize your glory. We beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. What? Full of grace and truth. I I, I, I was preparing this sermon day after day after day and, and listen at me, the more I read this scripture, the more I was elated. I was almost taking Brother Dan to the third heaven reading God's word. I don't know if you get wrapped up, tied up, and tangled all up in God's word, but you need to. You need to let it change your life. The power of God's word, the power of God's breath, and the power of his Spirit, the word by means of which all things were created became flesh and dwelt among us as Jesus of Nazareth. That blesses me. He was sent by the Father. If you'll notice John 14 and 16, Jesus is telling his disciples, I'm going to be taken away. I'm going to leave you. But he said, I'll not leave you comfortless. I don't know about you. I appreciate comfort, don't you? We're living in a time when it's hard to find comfort. I mean, you want to find comfort, don't, don't call on the television and listen to the news. You ain't going to find peace at all. But Jesus said, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. That word is comforter. That's the Holy Spirit that he may abide with you forever. Makes me shout. Makes me rejoice. When I think about the Holy Spirit coming in my life and abide with me forever. When I feel good, when I feel bad, when I'm doubting everything around me, when the doctor comes to you and he tells you you've got three months to live, that's when the Holy Spirit takes over. And for 20 years, I've been tested at Duke Hospital. 
And I seldom ever go under any kind of testing that I don't, Brother Dan, start speaking in tongues. That's a comfort to me. He wants to comfort you. He wants to bless you. And he is our helper. He is our comforter. The Holy Spirit is a... Now here's, here's what I read a while ago. The Holy Spirit, listen to this, is a personal companion, not an impersonal force. Star Wars says, let the force be with you. Let me tell you, God Almighty is more than a force. Woo! He's personal. And when you lie on your bed and tears are rolling down your face and wetting the pillow and you can't find peace and all of a sudden something happens and you begin to worship God and, and the peace of God floods, floods your soul and then you roll over on your right side and sleep like a baby. Works for me. Works for me. He teaches us. Now listen to what he does. I'm talking about the third person. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. He teaches us. He helps us. He guides us. He convinces and convicts of sin. He reproves. And Paul said when you're praying and you don't know what to pray for, if you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he'll pray for you. Now I don't know, I don't know about you. Sometimes I struggle with praying. I don't know what to pray for. I get bogged down. I don't feel like praying. I don't. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit begins to move. It's speaking tongues. And all of a sudden, that power, that power begins to move upon you and strengthen you. You say, Brother Don, you believe all that stuff, yeah? He said, why? Because I've experienced it. They tell me a man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. I've experienced it. He's touched me. You can't say anything else about my wife's biscuits. They are delicious. Of course, I'm having to bring up from way back because we hadn't had any in a long time. <laughs> How do you know your wife can cook good biscuits? Because I've experienced it. I've tasted it. Jesus said, taste and see that the Lord is good. And then he not only guides us, convinces, convicts, he gives us power. Acts 1 and 8 says, and you shall. Listen to this. Listen to this. To every church member, every church person, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. What are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about the same anointing, the same Power, the same infilling, the same baptism that the early church, those about 120 disciples in the upper, upper room, and the Spirit of God fell in that place. They all began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. It's real. I remember singing a song way back when first I heard of Pentecost, I thought it was a shame for such unholy teaching to be taught in Jesus' name. But they said it was in the Bible and I did not want to doubt. So I went around to see them just to hear them sing and shout. And it's real. It's real. I know it's real. I want you to be able to say, I have received that kind of experience with God. It's for every, not just the preacher, not just for the leaders of the church, but for everybody. Now, I, I've got to hurry. My time is, look at number three. 
The Holy Spirit comes as rain. Rain in the Bible has a dual implication. It comes, notice number one, as refreshing where there has been dryness and, barren, uh, and barrenness. Now, here's several verses, but please stay with me. The minor prophet, not because he's less important, but because his book was shorter. The minor prophet, Joel, puts it this way. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully. And he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. The threshing floors. Now listen, if you're dry, if you're struggling, if your experience with God is like a dry box of cereal, God wants to moisten, quicken, bless your life. Can you say amen? The threshing, hear what it says. The threshing floors shall be full of wheat. We need that now. Can you say Amen. And the vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. So I will restore you to the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. My great army, that's the enemy. This is the enemy of the believer. All of those things are mentioned. My great army which I sent among you, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. How long has it been since you've been satisfied? You go here, you go there. Oh, we're going to go to Disney World. We're going to have a greatest time. Woo, hallelujah. And you start driving home and you're not sure if it was worth it. Especially when you have to take out a mortgage to, to, just to get in. Vacation. Listen, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with Disney World. Nothing wrong with vacation. But let me tell you, nothing in this world, if I can just get this kind of car, if I can just get a raise, if I can just get this person or have this person, I'll be satisfied. You won't be satisfied until Jesus Christ comes on the inside and touches your life in a very, very, very special way. And praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. Notice what he says. Here he goes. My people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. God's is going to pour out his spirit and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on the church leaders, certain denominations. Didn't say that, did it? On all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. I'm glad he put me in there. I do dream dreams. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Last verse. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And when you follow the scripture and you read from the book of Acts, you find that Peter said, this is that. When the Holy Ghost fell on the day of Pentecost, Peter said, he stood up. Thousands were saved. He said, this is that. God needs to move into place that we're in today, in this church, in our homes, in our lives, and we can say, this is that. Isaiah puts it this way, for our poor, it's like taking a picture. See, God wants us to have plenty. I said it's going to be like rain. The prophet, the great prophet Isaiah, I will pour water on him who is thirsty. Now I'm going to, hear you, I'm going to tell you something that's the most important thing just about it I've said. If you ain't thirsty, you won't get water. If you don't want it, he won't force it on you. Go out for it. Go for it. Don't let pride. Don't let fear. 
God, I don't know. I don't, if, I, if I move towards you, I don't know. Don't let anything stop you. And floods on the dry ground, I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessings on your offspring. Somebody say amen. Now, I said that the, the rain had a dual meaning. It first of all has a refreshing the Lord will send rain on his people that are totally barren as a promise of hope. I don't think I put this verse in there, but I'll read it. Listen, stay with me. We don't have it on the screen. James 5 and 7. Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord Jesus is soon coming. Make no mistake about it. The first thing on the agenda God's calendar for the church is for the rapture to take place. James goes on to say, See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early, which is the fall, and the latter rain, which is the spring. Now, as they come to play some music for us and sing for us, let me explain something to you that I think, and I believe I'm right, I've studied it and studied it. Joel and Acts talks about the former rain and the latter rain. Listen to me. The former rain that he's talking about is the day of Pentecost. It happened. Just like, just like it was promised in the Bible. And the power of God. You should study the, the whole book of Acts. It is one of the most powerful studies that you can study. But then he says, the latter rain. And then Joel and Peter gets over where it says, and the sun shall be darkened. And all of these catastrophic things. Now that's not now. That's not the first rain. That's the latter rain. Stay with me. That is the rain that is going to come after the church has been snatched away. And is with Jesus Christ, the believers. Much of Revelation concerns the Jewish nation. Nation. The Jewish nation. But this latter rain is when God's Holy Spirit is poured out upon the Jewish people in the Holy Land. Are you listening? It's going to happen. There is probably going to be one of the greatest revivals to ever take place. In fact, if you're looking at Revelation and go over to chapter 7 when you're studying, John the Revelator gives an account of 144,000 people saved. 12,000 from each tribe. And, and, and this is what the latter rain is speaking of. This great revival that's going to happen among the Jewish people. And they're going to form one of the most powerful evangelistic team ever. And they're going to go forth preaching the gospel. At this time, the Jews have accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And they want to tell everybody about it. And there is going to be, you're talking about that latter rain. You're talking about that revival. You and I will be in heaven. We will be with Jesus Christ. But on this earth, there will be seven years of tribulation. The first three and a half years of tribulation and the second three and a half years of great tribulation. It's going to be awful. But the great thing about that, 
And I believe this. I believe with everything in me. This latter rain shall be when the Jewish people arm themselves with the gospel of Jesus Christ and go forth to a lost and dying world and watch them come in by the millions. God wants your heart to be refreshed today. I'm almost missing something. I can't miss it. How many of you will give me a minute and 30 seconds? Will you give me a minute and 30 seconds? Not only is it refreshing, but it is a restoration where there has been loss. The Holy Spirit coming as rain comes to bring refreshing and restoration. Brother Don, I've known the Lord, but I'm like the Laodicean church. I've become indifferent. I'm no longer concerned about the lost. I'm no longer concerned about the things of God. God wants to restore you. God wants to restore you. Let your life this morning experience. It won't happen because Brother Don wants it to happen. It won't happen just because you want it to happen. It will happen when you respond to the tug of the Spirit of God. We believe in altar prayer. I'm going to ask you in just a moment to come to this altar. It's a little frightful for some. Brother Don, I'm not used to praying in the altar. It'll do you good. It'll do you good. Father, we love you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit that took a chaotic world and changed it. Gave it life. Gave it life. We thank you for the Holy Spirit today. This day, right now, that, that, that can take a chaotic life. A life that is bound. A life that is in chains. A life that is hurting. That can take this life and change this life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. song. Ask the Lord to rain on you today. Oh, comforter.
I want you to sing that verse again in just a moment. I would love for everyone here to find a place standing around this altar. You'll not find a better place in this city, in this church, anywhere than your place. You have a place here. This is your altar. This is your church. Come. Brother Matt, sing it. Come as we sing. Stand around this altar for prayer. You know what I sense this morning? I sense some hungry hearts. And in the Beatitudes, the Lord said, He that what? Hungers and thirsts after righteousness, you shall be filled. I want to thank you for coming. Now I want you to take this second step. I want you to talk to Jesus. Just like a friend. Brother Don, I don't know how to pray. I don't, talk to him just like a friend. Say, Lord, I've got sin in my life. I'm bogged down with sin. I need it out. I need to be delivered from all kind of things. Maybe you may need to be delivered from unforgiveness. Maybe something happened in the past and you need God to take it out. Forgive. Maybe, maybe you need deliverance from habits. Jealousy. Or like me that I struggled for so many years. I struggled with anger. I was very, very, a very angry young man. But God delivered me. There's nothing like being delivered from the Lord, by the Lord. I want you to pray. As I pray, I want you to pray in your heart, maybe audibly. But I want whatever you know that's in your life that you need to lay on the altar and say, Father, Father, forgive me. Oh, God. Have mercy on me this morning. But if you're willing and you're obedient, the Bible says you'll eat the good of the land. And I want you to do that just now as we pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, pray. Ask God to forgive you. Ask God to deliver you. Ask God to set you free in the name of Jesus Christ. God, we pray against every spirit that's not of you. We pray against every bondage. We pray against every chain. We pray against that the enemy of every soul. And we pray, God, that freedom and liberty would reign in this service. My chains are gone. One of the writers said, my chains are gone. And I believe right now as we've prayed, I believe that your chains, no matter what those chains were, I believe they're gone. Let's rejoice with that. Sing it.
praise Him. Praise Him. Amazing grace, hallelujah.
I feel you to pray before we leave here with me that the spirit of God would hover over your life you're saved but you need the spirit that the spirit of God would hover over this city Durham needs help we have an election coming up and God help us I want you to pray that the Spirit of God will hover over Washington, D.C., the White House, the Supreme Court, Congress. Join with me in faith. Father, in the name of Jesus, as the Holy Ghost hovered over an empty, chaotic world, And brought peace and harmony and light and good. Hover over our lives. Hover over our homes. Lord, every home that is faced with a chaotic situation, hover over that home and let every member of the family, let every member of the family invite you in for communion. Hover over this state, Lord. Our state needs prayer. Hover over our nation. Lord, our nation is sick. Hover over Washington. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Thou art well. Come in this place. Sing it out. Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. God's been good to us this morning. Thank you for being here. You're a wonderful, wonderful congregation. Turn, love a neighbor. Said so good to see you in the house of the Lord. God bless you.